0: We have been uh, doing a a, a short segment here called "The Stories Before the New Testament," and we've been talking about Moses and the Exodus. Now, I want to—I'm going to be summarizing here a little bit on this story because I want to spend more time talking about what my uh, what I reflect from this story. Uh, Allison shared uh, the message last Sunday, and she talked about Moses's call. Uh, from God to go and uh, confront the Pharaoh who was keeping his people, uh, his culture, uh, enslaved and wouldn't let him leave because they were worth the work but they weren't worth uh, the human spirit to him. They were being treated uh, very poorly. Uh, They were um, treated lower class. They were often abused. It um, It was okay for people to kill them uh, uh, that shows the, the, the measurement of life um, value that they had. But uh, the Pharaoh wanted to keep them because of the work that they did. And it was up to Moses to free them. Moses, of course, said, uh, whenever we're called by God, he gave the, the very uh, gallant answer of, I don't want to do this. And so um, it says that Moses was slow in speech. Now, we often think that... Uh, when we look at the the way that that's defined, uh, we often think that that is that Moses was actually a stutterer, uh, and he was insecure about it. Isn't it isn't it wonderful that God calls the insecure, uh, because God sees something so often that we may not in ourselves, and so when God calls on us, it's a wonderful feeling, and I. I I know that every one of you here uh, is being called by God. I know that every one of you watching is being called by God. It's just a matter of listening. Uh, Moses was very frightened of this, and so God helped him by getting his brother involved, Aaron, who was a little bit better with speech. And so Moses would interpret, get these, uh, uh, these visions from God, these, 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 uh, he would hear God, and he would tell Aaron. And Aaron, whenever they talked to the Pharaoh and stuff, It really was, uh, most times, it was Aaron that was actually doing all the talking. We see in the movies, you know, that it's just Moses dressed as Charlton Heston, and he just bunches through the doors and all that kind of stuff. But I really want you to picture this this insecure man uh, and his brother helping him out, and they're kind of leaning on each other. Those are heroes. Those are heroes in the Bible, Uh, real, actual people. And so paraphrasing here, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go. The Pharaoh, it, the Bible talks about his hardened heart. And we get into now the, the different, uh, what we call the, the plagues, of God uh, giving the Pharaoh and the people of Israel signs of his of his might and his power and all of this kind of stuff, but also trying to convince the Pharaoh that his people matter, that the people of God matter. And that's every one of us, okay? That's every one of us. But when we separate people and treat them poorly, that's something that upsets God. And we can be so stubborn sometimes. And so when we are talking about these plagues, I want us to kind of put ourselves into the Pharaoh's role here, okay? Um, the first thing he says is that he's not going to let them go. And so I'm just gonna go through the, the plagues here. This is a good trivia for what the, the plagues are. If you're ever on you know Bible 101 on Jeopardy or anything like that. Um, first, they turned water into blood. Uh, that means all of the water, all of the fish, everything uh, was turned into blood. Nobody could drink. Nobody could do anything. Now, to me, if somebody said, did that, I would be, well, maybe I should think about my opinion in this matter because I could be wrong, you know. Um, But he still refused to budge. And then came frogs. Um, I know, frogs don't seem that threatening uh, when it's just like Kermit, you know, singing on a log, but when you have billions of them and they're all over the place and you're waking up covered with them, uh, it's intrusive, it's slimy, it's, it's a bad deal. And the Pharaoh still said, no, he would not budge. Then came the gnats. You know, have you ever been on a trail and then you're walking at a certain time of day and you get these gnats, you know, and it's always when you're talking, you know, because you have to do this, you know, where I was just that, mm, you know, and you try to give the signal because these gnats are invading you. And that's just like a, little bug there and it's just a few of them but it drives you crazy this imagine the entire community covered with a cloud of these gnats okay so we're seeing all of these these obvious things that are happening these big grandiose obvious things that are telling the pharaoh look you've got to change your views on this the folks that you are repressing they're worth something They are worth and they have value. You have got to let them go and give them the freedom they deserve. Even during all of this, the Pharaoh says no. And then comes the flies. If you're going to have gnats, why not have flies? Same thing. The people, the community are living in true misery here. They can't eat without flies. The flies are on everything. They're on the food. They're on the livestock. They're on everything that they, they touch. Uh, it's another obvious, obvious thing, saying, you're wrong in this. The things that you were doing are damaging not only you, but they are damaging the community. And Pharaoh still said, No. He wouldn't budge. Then comes the livestock livestock disease. Every I don't know if you if we have agricultural people here, but every bit of the livestock got a disease and died. That's one of their 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 food. That's one of the things that they you know they had to close down every McDonald's because um, you know they just couldn't open them. You know. Um, if you look closely at the pyramids, there is a drive through window. I don't know if you noticed that, but you've got to look very, very close. But they had to close all that down. Uh, boils. Never a good word. Never, ever a good word. Um, the people truly became infected. Uh, they became... Um, they couldn't even look at themselves. They, the things that... Uh, were infections uh, uh, on their skin, on their faces, Uh, these, like, infections. Uh, Again, another obvious sign. If you're trying to win an argument, the person that gives you boils usually wins. Uh, In this case, the pharaoh still hardened his heart and said, I will not let your people go. Thunder and hail came. Thunder and hail, things from the sky. So the crops are now being damaged. Uh, everything, uh, when, and when, when we talk about thunder and hail, it is a torrential deluge with lightning crashing. Uh, it is a storm among storms. You, you can't look anywhere without seeing that something is amiss here but the Pharaoh wants to hang on to his hatred. Imagine wanting to hang on to something so strong that is hatred, that obvious signs around you, that it is affecting the community, it is affecting the people, it is affecting health, obvious signals, and you still value so much that hatred over anything that you're willing to sacrifice just to stand your ground and say, you don't matter. Then came the locusts, killing the rest of the crop that, that hailed in, and the hailed and the rain didn't destroy. Uh, obvious signs. Darkness. Now, this was not darkness like somebody shut the lights off and people are huddled around candles. This is a dense fog where even... Uh, during the, uh, the daylight, you could not see in front of you. A, a candle, anything like that would not work. So he's living now in darkness and still can't see, still can't see where he is in error here. And then the final one is a callback to what uh, he did when Moses was born every firstborn child dies, including one of the pharaohs. And so the pharaoh gets to this point where he loses everything dear to him. And we've I think most of us have seen the story of of Moses and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, He finally allows them to leave, and then as they're leaving, he has a change of heart again to back to hatred, and he chases after them. Uh, Moses gets to the sea. He parts the sea. They get to cross, and it all comes down on the people following him. Now, the reason I'm summarizing this is because I want us to take a look at ourselves here. we got a lot of, We got a lot of hatred in our world. we got a lot of hatred in our world. I talked, you know, I, when, now when I talk about the hatred in our world, I really, really want us to take a moment. And this is the part where I believe that when, we, when I pray and I say, uh, God, please challenge us, I want us to look at ours. I don't. When, I, when we say uh, well, there's a lot of hatred in the world, it's very easy to say, "Oh yeah, those guys over there, they are the worst." You know, they're always doing this and all that kind of stuff. That's hatred. That's hatred. That's hatred. That's hatred. I want us to look here. What hatred do we have in our world? Where where are we contributing to the darkness in this world? We might not have gnats or flies. But there is a darkness. There is a darkness going on right now in our world where we can't see the truth in front of us. And there are times when we see obvious signs of where we should just give a little bit of love and instead we stand firm in our anger and in our hatred. While the world is telling us, please have a heart here. Please have a heart here. We are oftentimes standing true and saying, no, I don't want to have a heart, I want to hate. Hatred is an easy, easy feeling. It's an easy thing to jump into. A neighbor, a friend, is concerned because a relative of theirs, whenever they have them over, they've noticed that they've changed. A little while ago, they, they had this, this relative over, and they were having a pleasant conversation. It was talking about just nothing in particular. And then out of the blue, out of the blue, this person throws in a derogatory and hateful, hateful comment about a politician's family, just out of the blue. It's like, a, you know, a daily thing. It's, it's, it was almost habitual that they just throw this out. And the problem is, is that the people that are around this person and love this person, remember this person as a loving, caring person, a person that would always be there for everybody and has done things for everybody. But Something has happened to where this person cannot have a visit without saying something that is so uncharacteristic, so mean-hearted, so hurtful, and throw it off as almost a joke. And what's happening is that this person, they've tried to speak to them, but now what's happening is that people that remember the person that they were are not seeing that person anymore and they're just starting to distance themselves from that person now because they don't want to have that conversation. They don't want to have this thing come up. So many people are just tired of this political rhetoric and this hateful thing and all of this kind of stuff back and forth. These are the signs. These are the signs that are happening. The Pharaoh lost his community. He lost his family. And that's what's happening to a lot of us. Because all we're talking about is we want to swing into angry rhetoric, hateful rhetoric, where we make fun of somebody because they don't agree with us. Where we belittle somebody because they they have something that they want to stand for. And we've we've gotten to the point where we almost accept this. And in some cases, we're seeing a lot of us become our own Pharaoh. Whereas we see the signs around us, we see the things happening to us, we see the irritations, we see the people in our lives concerned about us, we see just this total turn and we refuse to budge. We refuse to take... A look at ourselves an inward look at ourselves and ask ourselves am I am I a messenger of love or am I a messenger of something else there are people that you know when Facebook first came now I'll full disclosure I'm not a huge fan of of Facebook I I post jazz, nobody gives... Dennis gives a thumbs up every once in a while. No one else likes it, so I'm bitter. Um, But when it first came out, people were posting newborn babies, uh, pets. They were sharing good news. And some of those same people that posted such loving things, if you just look on their page and scroll down... It is one hateful thing after another. It is one hateful thing after another. It is a political thing. It is a, this person should be fired. This person is hateful and bad, uh, what do they call them, memes of... People uh, caught making a, a weird face and so they put them on and they say something like they're on drugs or they talk about their, their weakness to serve or their, or their frailty or their family. And the people just continue to share these. The same people that used to share loving and kindness are now, before they even knew it, they are now in this culture where all they are sharing is cruelty, hatred, and darkness. In the meantime, God is continually giving us signs. Our own Facebook pages can be the gnats, can be the flies, can be the frogs, where we look and before we know it, our life is clouded with all of this irritant. The people that post continual stuff and talk about continual stuff are continually waking up angry and irritated. That's no way for any of us to live. There are social justice things in our lives that, we are, that are worth fighting for. Do not get me wrong. There are things that are worth fighting for. But when we fight for somebody, it takes a sacrifice and it takes an empathy and it takes a looking at their situation to say they need our help. And their help does not come in us just spreading hatred or evil or nastiness or darkness. It takes us to just be there and help make that change. Today, I think our social justice issue, more than anything right now, maybe not more than anything, but a great way to start is by looking at ourselves and the people that we love are they waking up every day with just negativity just pessimism do they do the people in our lives do they miss the beauty in the world if you ask them what's your blessing do they see it Or do they see the news channel in front of them that's spinning all of the badness stuff and telling us that everyone is mean because they don't agree with us and all of this kind of stuff and this person is evil because they're a part of this culture or this person doesn't matter or this person. And are they spending their lives among the gnats, among the flies, among the darkness? And are they losing those that they love around them? And are they losing a part of themselves. We were not meant to be in this earth to just hate people. That's not our purpose. And as Christians, that's not our mission. That's definitely not the mission of neighbors. I hope that we're taking this internally. I hope that we are looking at ourselves because I'm not trying to give a a message here where it allows us to say, yeah, that'll just allow me to hate them even more because that's all they ever do. Because if we're going there, we're the ones that are part of that problem. Is it okay for someone to be themselves? Is it okay for us to disagree and still love each other? Is it okay for us to acknowledge that the others are also God's people? And if they are God's people, what is our call? How do we treat them? And if we are God's people, and we live every day in the negative and the darkness, How do we treat ourselves? How do you treat yourself? How do we spread a message of love? Generation after generation, we have tried to solve things with hatred and all it does is spew hatred. And hatred continues to grow. Division continues to grow. The formula doesn't work. How about we try spreading the love? How about we turn social media back into being social? How about we turn ourselves back into people that see the blessings around us, including each other? Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, take us out of the darkness. Help us see other solutions, other answers. Help us to see other ways. Help us look at the things that we have said within the last week, the things that we have posted within the last week and ask ourselves, are these positive ways of change or do they just keep spinning the negative? Are we sitting in the darkness? Or are we doing something to bring people, including ourselves, a little bit of light? In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. I'd love to challenge every one of us to start counting the things that we're really grateful for and then to let those grow in our lives. Let the things that are around us every day, the signs of God, grow in our lives and then find ways to share them. I'll I'll start. I am grateful for every one of you. I'm grateful for you here in the church. I'm grateful for the people that are watching. I'm grateful to be part of something that is about love. About love. Isn't that a wonderful thing? If you think about all the things that have progressed you in life, the things that have uh, made you feel better about who you are. Find the love there. And then use that tool to share it. Share it with another person. Share it on your social media. Share it with yourself. Let's remember. Let's remember that it's about love. It's about love. Loving God. Loving ourselves. Loving our neighbor. Amen.